Hey, welcome back to another dispatch from Holly McKay. Today, we are going to look at the future of the U.S. military and specifically the future of the U.S. military's training in a world that is dominated by the next generation of the Internet. Holly, tell us a little bit about what you've been looking into in this area. Well, this is, I think, Dennis, a really sort of interesting, exciting uh, time. Um, we hear this word Web3, and I think that confuses a lot of people because it sounds very, um, you know, super futuristic, but in many ways we kind of are in that future. So really Web3 is the third major installment of the internet. So we had web one i think we all probably you know some of us at least remember um what that was like you've got dial-up internet you've got these sort of uh, very strange very flat um very two-dimensional html pages um and it's all sort of this very sort of discombobulated slow beginning of connectivity um even the way we interacted with each other was you know through msn chat or i think like after that came aol so it was just this very like type type and and send sort of process and then we had more of the advent of web 2 which is kind of what we're still sort of at the tail end of now which is where we started to become a lot more interactive um it started with things like voice connection and then you had videos and streaming and it just kind of kept going from there but it was really dominated by what people call the big five which is the silicon techs and big five companies you've got facebook hence meta now um you've got google you've got um, those sort of companies that really sort of, I guess, dominated that area. And then there was a lot of concern with that that came with the freedoms. Um, and so now going into Web3 in, in very sort of basic term, um, that is the the sort of the next evolution and that we're looking at things that in some ways go back to Web1 because Web1, there was a little bit more autonomy uh, with the individual user as opposed to, again, that that big tech, all the uh, the Amazons and Googles and, and, and Microsofts of the world. Um, so, but this comes with this just incredible layer of technology. And I keep hearing over and over again, not only how this Web3 will change our lives as ordinary people, but the, the changes that that could bring um, to the defense industry, to the way that the military trains, to the way that war is conducted. And I think that they're all really uh, interesting and, and important things to, to look at. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, that the technology is, is definitely going into uh, a much more networked environment where you've got essentially all of the different pieces of the internet have are becoming able to essentially be their own publishers and that type of thing and um the the the, the article that you wrote for the substack uh, emphasizes the way that the seamlessness of simulation becomes very much a next generation thing in terms of being able to take um, training and make it basically be anywhere for anyone at any time in whatever depth is necessary. And that requires a, quite a lot of, of technology and, and, and resources in terms of infrastructure that are still uh, in development. So are you seeing this as a 
major game changer as far as things like uh, recruitment for the military and um, training for the military in the long run? And, and what have you heard from the people that are designing these kinds of things? I think it's going to happen slowly on, and we are seeing it to some degree on, on every front. Um, when you really think about who already has the cornerstone in the Web3 world in terms of technology, and that's the gaming industry, um, that is the people that make all the, um, you know, the great, the games, the the world of Warcraft and the Call of Duty and the Battlefield and, and all these very high-tech games, they're the ones with the with the sort of the infrastructure that's really already in place, so I think what you will see is a lot more um, cross collaboration between government entities like the military and some of these gaming companies. And and even though a lot of the the testing and a lot of the you know flight simulators and things like that, we may look from the outside and, and see them as very technical. Um, I think what what we're looking at really is is something it's it's hard to wrap our heads around because it will be so um, incredibly you know hyper realistic. It, it will surpass all the sort of the rudimentary and and Bertison technology tools. Um, you're looking at at things that have you know very flawless flawless interoperability you've got evaluation tooling um, and really a simulation for every conceivable circumstance and you can pretty much map out a, a battlefield in live time something that may even already be going you could look at a situation of what's happening in ukraine from in a very realistic sense and 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 almost do that simulation as if you were there right there in that particular moment as something was going down and it really just is it's hard to wrap your heads around how much um, you know, the technology, I think, over the next 10 to 15 years will really bring to that table. Um, but it also goes down to the bigger question of, I guess, how much investment or is willing is already happening when it comes to Web3. Um, I guess it can sound like a lot of gobbledygook to a lot of people who think it's all a bunch of nonsense and, and the metaverse is silly and, and all these sort of um, buzzwords that we hear about are, are a whole bunch of nonsense. Um, so that really does, you know, come down to how much is being invested in it. Um, is the US investing enough to at least have its foot in the door so that it isn't overshadowed by the likes of, of China, who certainly are investing uh, big amounts into the next evolution of the internet? Um, and other countries that, that you know, may be adverse to the US interests that are also kind of doing so. So there's sort of bigger uh, hypothetical questions at play, if you will. And it's really one of those things where, um, you know, the US military is our most powerful institution. And so getting ahead of what's ahead, um, you know, debatably isn't something, um, you know, the US has sort of got a bit of a mixed track record to some degree. So it really could make or break the business of war fighting um, and enable the sort of the defense arena to really integrate different technologies into a much more interconnected virtual system. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting and in that, um, and, you know, I did not forget that you kind of dated me at the very beginning of this, uh, of this chat, um, you know, that I remember what it was like back when there were acoustic modems and, Actually, the fact of the matter is I do. Um, however, I also remember the early stages of military simulations from pretty much that same era and the uh, the differences of, of how it is versus where it is today. And uh, one of the things that I observe is the, in the things that you are thinking about and worrying about are that... Uh, large military industrial uh, establishments tend to be fairly rigid in their thinking 
and uh, fairly slow to innovate. And I think there's a very good example of that in Ukraine and that uh, the Ukrainian uh, method for not simulating, but actually assigning uh, the, uh, uh, the, the targeting of artillery systems um, was built uh, on the fly uh, by uh, local Ukrainians, you know, very much in a Web3 mode to, uh, and it's built not on a model of uh, uh, military doctrine and as is practiced by any of the world's large militaries, uh, regardless of who they are. It was actually built on an adaptation of a technology that is used to uh, order uh, ride shares from companies like Uber and <laughs> and lift. And, um, you know, so it's the, the innovation is, is coming from very different places. So, you know, the fact that you, you point out in, as we talk that it, it's really the domain of video games and that type of thing where, um, innovation will happen. I personally, am not sure, um, how warfare will evolve, uh, at the speed of the innovators as uh, web three, which is really, taking it out of the hands of the monolithic powers and putting it back into the what it was like in the early days of the internet where there were hundreds of, of options as opposed to five or six. And if it goes back to that, who knows what direction things will go when it's accelerated by very, very large uh, infrastructure systems. So a very, very interesting uh, uh, thing to think about. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just sort of as a closing note, something I also found really interesting as I was sort of putting the article together and researching and speaking to different people was uh, how the Web3 enabled defense um, will also sort of bring a different level of social interaction, um, especially when it comes to things like the US military. Um, you know, the way that it was sort of phrased in, in something I was reading was the military is a lifestyle choice, dictating not only careers, but also all aspects of social life. Um, as a result, so you have just like military bases provide opportunities to socialize and build communities, uh, the defense metaverse would also tap into some of those same needs. So you're looking at it from such a multitude of perspectives. It's it's sort of a scary but fascinating time, just sort of how we, how quickly we are moving into that next big chapter of of the thing that that pretty much dominates our entire lives. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you know, the Matrix is coming. So, um, what can I say? You know, get out your pleather pants and uh, find a Ducati motorcycle and become Trinity. I guess. Thank you, That's Holly. It's a <laughs> I, I figured you would like that, but it's a fascinating subject area to keep track of and uh, very nice of you to write a piece on it and uh, bring it to people's attention. And with that, thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.